This time on Ho Ho Holy Ghost Notes. Merry Christmas to everybody. Man, I wish I had some hair for Christmas. I was scared to death of that for a long time. I would have been drooling. Wrapping presents is definitely not my favorite thing to do. Almost had me believing in Santa Claus. Boom, 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 boom. Hey, what's up? Merry Christmas. This is the Holy Ghost Notes podcast. I'm Tim, and Matt is here with me as well. And, uh... We're going to have some fun today. How are you doing, Matt? Yes, sir. Good to uh, be back on the podcast. Yeah. I'm doing well. We finally finished the Leveler Tour. It took us a while. Um, it was a unique time in my band's career to go on tour and have COVID blow everything up. Mm-hmm. And we all um, took about 10 days off, got better, continued the tour. Much deserved. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm in a band with amazing, <laughs> with an amazing group of guys. Um, this this chapter of our band's career has been testament to that. It's um, it's been a tough task dealing with all of the COVID protocol and uh, just all the challenges of, about this this unique period of time. And um, mm-hmm. so anyway, we had to go back and make up six shows that we weren't able to play on that tour, and we actually ended up adding a show on the front end as well as um, the final show being in San Diego, which was not previously mm. booked. So we got right. that tour done and had a great time, and, and now we're back getting ready for Christmas Burns Red, um, which is happening soon. Merry Christmas to everybody. Exciting. If you're listening to this on Christmas Day, yes. Merry, Christmas. Um, Merry Christmas. We hope it's been a really fun season. We hope there's been some semblance of peace in your mm-hmm. celebration. We're actually going to talk yes. a little bit about that today. Um, our, our topic is something that came to mind when I was in church last Sunday. Uh, it's, it's not just about peace, though. It's about the anticipation of peace. And mm-hmm. the way that my brain works, I'm, I'm usually anticipating what's next. And it can be hard for me yep. to live in the here and now and appreciate and value what's happening right now. You know, whether that's a person or whether I'm working on my farm and I'm just thinking about the end goal and not about what is happening around me that's beautiful or interesting or something I can learn from. I struggle with that. And so on, mm-hmm. on Sunday at church, they were talking about the anticipation that we have, um, not only as Christians, but, but just, just um, how, especially in this, in this season of Christmas, there's a rush. I mean, you were talking about it in the pre-roll. The rush is kind of sweet. Like some of us thrive off of that adrenaline. Um, mm-hmm. But we can really lose the sense of what's happening in the here and now has a significance that we have to remember. And if we're rushing, yeah. rushing, 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 rushing until the 25th of the month, we all know it flies by as soon as you get there and uh, yeah. what what happened between here and there. So mm-hmm. it's going to be really fun talking about this. It's also going to pertain to drumming too. What is it that we're looking forward to or anticipating in our drumming um, for 2022. Mm-hmm. Can you believe it? That's right. Yep. Yep. Insane. Insane. This year has flown by, which is also testament to what we're going to be talking about today, I think, because uh, right. life goes by quickly. <laughs> it does. <laughs> my, uh, my, my 10 month old started walking recently and, um, wow. It's like one of those things where it just, uh, you know, he was a little baby that needed you to do everything for him. And in a matter of 10 months, 
that completely changes. He's eating on his own. He's walking. He's climbing. He's, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's like it goes by so quick, you know, and uh, it's it's, um, even just incredible, like, seeing my older son, just the difference between how he is approaching Christmas Hmm. this year as opposed to years prior, you know, Mm -hmm. because he started to kind of get it last year um, when he was, like, uh, you know, three going on four, and now, like, four going on five, there's so much more excitement, so many more questions. Mm -hmm. Um, You have to be so much... So we do... uh, not. There's not a lot of Christians that I know of, at least, that... um, that do the Santa thing. We decided to do the Santa thing, make it really exciting for him. Mm-hmm. And and That's so awesome. like now I have to be really careful with like so he like saw Santa three or four times this year. And his consistent question is like why wasn't the, why didn't Santa look the same? <laughs> <laughs> like like and in his defense, like this one over here had a like clearly had a fake beard on. Right. Then this one over here was like the most <laughs> legit Santa. Almost had me believing in Santa Claus. <laughs> and then you know, and then the next one, you know, he's uh, got a different hair color. You know, it's like so I get it. Like he's smart enough to pick up on yeah, the fact course. that these three Santa Claus people that he's met that have all, you know, had had him on on their laps and and given him presents. They don't all look the same or sound the same or smell the same. Like, he's picking up on these things. He's smart enough now. And it's just just very interesting seeing how quickly, um, you know, life goes, how quickly, you know, things change and and these kids grow. And and, uh, so, yeah, I've been trying to uh, make the most of this this season because like you said like you know the day itself is fleeting yeah this was always my perception for like weddings and stuff too i mean like my wedding was like insane like we went balls to the wall but um but there's so much preparation yeah so many things that had to happen so much money that that went into one day and it was an amazing day don't get me wrong i would i would love to go back and relive it but it was one day Mm mm-hmm and then it was over. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so easy to put so much stock into something that is so fleeting. Absolutely. I uh, you know? Back to your Santa Claus point. Um, I've been watching <laughs> Netflix and Disney Plus while I've been, I, I, um, I've been wrapping presents. And mm-hmm. wrapping presents is definitely not my favorite thing to do. Um, not mine either. Yeah. Near the bottom. And my presents by the end just look like... I just used a whole roll of, you know, wrapping paper yeah. and just sort of, just sort of contain the gift with one scotch, <laughs> yeah. t- you know, it's just a just mess. Just roll it around and then put, uh, slap some tape on it. Yeah, and <laughs> that's done. Merry Christmas, yeah. you know. You're going to rip it up anyway. It's like, why am I making right. this pretty? So I, exactly. I, I try to make the most of the time by watching a movie while I'm, you know, wrapping presents. And I've been watching, you know, holiday stuff. And I've noticed that... Um, there are a lot of Christmas movies about Santa Claus, and there are a lot of Santa Claus movies about how he came to be, like the why mm-hmm. behind, or the how yeah. behind Santa Claus, not the why. And I, I'm just wondering, I think our generation and younger care a lot about how how Santa Claus came to be, like proving the fact that Santa mm-hmm. Claus is real and how he came to be there. It's just, it's very interesting. I, I watched one called, um, um, something about a boy named Christmas. 
Mm-hmm. And I watched another yeah. one last night. Um, I forget that. I forget what that one was called. And then I watched another one that's a fantastic movie called um, Klaus uh, or mm. Claus. K K L A U S. It's a fantastic movie. Check it out. It's on. Okay. It's on Disney yeah. Plus, I believe. Um, hmm. Really, really good. But yeah, it's just something I've noticed. Yeah, it's not just about Santa Claus. It's about how did Santa Claus come to be, or how did Christmas, you know, evolve into what it is now. Right. Yeah. It's it's interesting. Like looking back at the lore and and kind of, I I, I love this. I love it too. Like look, looking back, like why did this happen? How did this come to be? Why is this? Yeah. Like why, why a sleigh that fly like flying reindeer? Like where did that come about? You mm-hmm. know. But my parents always you know taught us like. It wasn't Santa who was delivering presents on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. We didn't wake up to a to a you know tree filled with presents from Santa, but Santa was a real person, right? And he you know you know Saint Nicholas was a real person, and he did deliver presents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> he was a real person. Um, and you know they they took that approach for for you know their own reasons. It was it was mostly because they didn't want to be teaching us about Jesus. Right. And, and, you know, Christian principles. And then at some point in life, we find out, oh, Santa's not real. And then we have a complex about everything we've been taught mm-hmm. about all these characters that we can't see and touch. Right. And, and all of a sudden it's like, well, what's, what's reality then is, did Jesus really exist? Yeah. Like, does, is, is he relevant right now? You know, so that was their reasoning. And I completely see where that came from. Um, my wife's family grew up with with Santa, and from her perspective, it was like, well, those were like magical times. Like it made the the Christmas season for us. Like it was exciting, <laughs> yeah. and like, and after a few months, like I got over the fact that Santa didn't exist. Like right. it was okay. You right, know? <laughs> I moved on. You know, and and so from that perspective, I was like, yeah, I don't. You know, um, we'll 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 give our our kids that period in life of, yeah, of that's excitement cool. and, and joy and just explain very thoroughly that uh you know that doesn't apply to right to jesus and you know right that's that fun relationship. Uh, yeah i'm glad you so, guys are doing that yeah. i bet they love it yeah oh caden loves it although he's he's getting way too smart so <laughs> i gotta be careful like one santa per year yeah. now because no more he's, uh, <laughs> he's just way too smart <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's it's fun. It's such a fun time of year. Um, in the pre-roll, I was telling you, Tim, about something my mom posted on Instagram. I'm not on Instagram as much as I used to be, um, but I was mm-hmm. driving, and I guess I got a notification or something. Um, and on Instagram, my mom had posted a video. She does these little like tidbits of wisdom and yeah. or insight or whatever it might be. Sometimes it's a little bit less profound and more just like hey you know this funny thing happened to me today it's usually like three or four minute videos and uh mm-hmm. admittedly i don't i don't always see them because i'm not on instagram a whole lot but i saw this one and it was about this time of year and it's always interesting because as a kid i didn't really know all that my mom was going through or doing to make ends meet and to make sure the house was somewhat in order i have seven siblings so obviously <laughs> that was a tall task yeah. and she was talking about how when you have eight kids or any amount of children, I'm sure you can relate to this with two, um, it's hard enough just to get through the day without having a holiday and gift giving and meal prep and house cleaning to do. And when this time of year comes, 
especially with the era of social media, there's this burden of keeping up with what everyone else is doing. So I can only imagine what my mom was going through with eight kids sans social media. I can't imagine what it would be like now. But um, yeah, she right. she was talking about making lists. Like, how do I do everything in excess of what I already have to do? There's no way. And I guess one day she realized that she needs to work backwards in realizing what her goals are. So mm-hmm. it was like, all right, I'm going to go forward. I'm going to fast forward to Christmas Eve. What is it that is the most important thing that I accomplished? For her, she realized it was the feeling that she was giving other people around her, the feeling she was giving the family in the home, the feeling she was giving the stranger in the grocery store, the feeling she was giving friends when she gave them a phone call, you know, to check yeah. up on them. Um, and of course she's right. We all know that that's true. But when we work backwards from that perspective, we're able to put everything else in perspective, all of the other goals that we have. But mm-hmm. I'll be the first to admit, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to put some things a lot higher than, um, you know, the kind of feeling I'm giving other people when I'm around them, when I'm busy. You know, I, right. I'm, not all, I'm not the... Yeah, I mean, we're not our pleasant when we're around people when we are anxious and when we're busy or when we're stressed. It's like that's when we're pushed to, you know, to our limits. So mm-hmm. she was able to take this, and I think it gave her a sense of peace knowing she was not going to get everything else done necessarily, but at least she could do the most important thing once she realized what it was. Mm-hmm. And I, I saw this yesterday. I was just telling you I went to Target, did some grocery shop. Uh, uh, some uh, Christmas shopping and people are crazy and yep. and just driven to finding what they need in the store and getting out. And whatever happens in between there, it's like, sorry, um, I'm going to be as rude as I need to to get in and out. I'm going to go as fast mm-hmm. as I need to to get to the store. And for what? I mean, we talk about goodwill. We talk about uh, peace on earth, and yet everything is about getting our goal accomplished, and very little of it seems to be about actually treating other people, treating our neighbors with that love that's and respect right. that we talk yeah. about. I'm guilty of this as well. This yeah. uh, that, that's why it's, it it sticks with me. Thank you, mom. Your mm-hmm. your video message is like <laughs> that hits <laughs> home for me. <laughs> yeah, right. I right. get it. Um. So it, yeah, you were talking true. about something with with your um. Yeah, like in your life that kind of yeah, paralleled this idea. Yeah. Yeah, so so I so first off, I you just reminded me of a of something. I don't know if you remember like years back uh on Black Friday, uh there were uh, a couple I forget if it was Best Buy or or Walmart or or Target or something, but there were a couple employees that were trampled on Black Friday oh morning. Oh my gosh, I do not remember that. Because of the rush, they opened the doors. And they got knocked over, and hundreds of people swarmed in and just stepped on these employees, and they were trampled to death. Oh, my gosh. On Black Friday. And it was, like, it was, in my mind, like, a a clear picture of, like, evil and misplaced priorities. It's, like, these people are so consumed with being the first ones in the store for this new product or this deal that is limited and, like— these poor kids Mm -hmm. died in the process of just letting people in their store. Right. And it was like, it was heartbreaking. And it, so 
what it did for me, I don't want to bring the whole mood down on Christmas, but <laughs> but like what it did for me was it put things in perspective. And and what I was saying in the pre-roll is just that, you know, I I think that um, being able to prioritize is a really strong trait. Mm-hmm. It's a really strong skill because um, it applies to everything. Mm-hmm. It does. Uh, Agreed. I I was given some some really solid advice about my job, my position, and about the importance of being able to prioritize. Um, it was literally listed as the number one skill to have. Like, wow, your job description is prioritization. Like, <laughs> that is the first and foremost. Like, you need to be able to know when it's important to focus on this, you know, $100,000 contract and, you know, this client is talking about the urgency they're knocking down your door yeah. trying to get you to focus on them but you have this million dollar contract over here that you're going to lose if you don't hit the deadline right. and if you pull resources from that project mm-hmm. and and you lose that contract it is much more impactful on the company as a mm. whole than this hundred thousand dollar contract that may seem like it's more important at the time right because there's more Sim- noise similarly like there's more exactly there's more action it, coming from from that in, or from that yeah. inbox you know it's like, exactly exactly hmm. it's it's easy to want to focus on on the uh the squeaky wheel squeaky wheel gets the right. crease is the you know that phrase right. that we hear it's it's true you know <laughs> um the one that that's making the most noise is the one that usually um, warrants your attention, but that's not always the case. And I think it's important to, you know, see that in life as well. Uh, you know, for me as a dad with kids, you know, it's easy to say, oh yeah, it's very important for me to spend more time working so that I can position my family to have everything that we need, you know, to put food on the table, to, get a bigger house to, you know, make sure that my kids can play sports and, you know, do this and that. But what I'm realizing more and more is that the more stock I put into those things that are fair, they're arguable, <laughs> the more stock I put there, the less stock I have in my actual family and the more I'm missing out on fleeting moments. Hmm. Like I said earlier, my 10-month-old is walking now. Hmm. You know, it's like thing like life goes so fast and it yeah. is so easy to place your priorities in the wrong place. And, and ultimately, I think, you know, when I when I hear stories of, um, you know, older people uh, with regrets, um, oftentimes it's it's the things that they didn't do, the, the priorities that they misplaced. Right. You know, and and so I think. Christmas is a prime time for us to take a step back, look at the big picture, and reevaluate, like, where are we placing our priorities here? Mm -hmm. Because on Christmas morning, if you're more concerned about uh, having dinner ready for, you know, Christmas dinner ready for for everything, and you're making sure, you you know, you want the presents to be wrapped perfectly, and you uh, want the vibe to be right, but you're missing out on, like your kids, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, op- enjoying opening presents or or you're missing out on the time that you could be spending with your family, like watching that Christmas movie mm-hmm. or, you know, because you're so caught up in this other thing. It's, it's I mean, it's the classic like Mary Martha yeah. story in the Bible, you know, where Martha is so consumed with being a good host, which mm-hmm. is fair. 
it's a yeah yeah you you're trying to be a good host that's a great thing yeah there's nothing wrong with that but what what's happening is you're missing out on Jesus mm-hmm. you know you're missing out on that's on the, the valuable ultimate part. example I mean it doesn't get <laughs> it doesn't get any example. more visceral than that <laughs> exactly exactly I, I I could reiterate this this over and over and over again but yeah that's that is the prime example and I think that's something we just have to keep in mind during this season. It has nothing to do with what we're actually going to talk about on this episode today. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's been, it's been on my mind and, well, and you bringing up that story about, you know, what your mom said is, I is, think it, you know. I think it does though. I think it, I, I think we anticipate what the, what the destination is. It's, it's like, we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're constantly looking for what's next. And when we get to that destination, we're almost always let down because right. our expectation is an ideal that can't be met. Right. Like how many times, for example, I just went to go get my haircut. And on the way back, I'm like, man, my haircut looks really nice. And then five seconds after that, I'm like, ah, man. A part of me was like, I wish I would have done, you know, the little line down the side. And it's like, this is one <laughs> of the best haircuts I've ever gotten. And it's still, <laughs> doesn't, it's still subpar. It still doesn't meet the expectation I had when I was laying in bed this morning thinking, I can't wait to get a really nice haircut and look nice for Christmas. It's like, yeah, we and have... all I'm thinking is like, man, I wish I had some hair <laughs> for Christmas. <laughs> and if you had hair, you'd be like, man, I wish I had better hair, you know? It's... Yeah, exactly. Actually, yep. I thought yep. about that. I thought about the fact that I could think, boy, I wish that I had this line down the side, but man, I should be glad that I at least have hair. I, I actually yeah, had that thought to combat the previous one. Yeah. We, yep. we, we have to bring Perspective, in man. both those angles. But the anticipation of what's coming up, of what's upcoming, rather, um, it rules and reigns in our lives. We do this mm-hmm. all the time. Small things, big things, important things, minute things. Um, and we're, we have a lot to learn from the Christmas season. I think it's like a, I think it's a micro view of, of how we operate in life. It's, it's why, mm-hmm. to, you know, to your point about Black Friday, it's why, um, in my opinion, the, um, the Travis Scott thing happened. It's like people mm-hmm. feel like they're missing out on something. And when they see people rushing towards, you know, something in the future, this is a pretty good metaphor, actually. Um, they feel like they're going to miss out if they're not in the mix. So it's like, I'm going to keep up. I'm mm-hmm. going to keep up. I'm going to keep up. And then when they get there, they're disappointed because they are a hundred people back instead of 10 people back mm-hmm. from the stage. Um, and it's, it's just human nature. And I, I think it, I think a lot of it boils down to potentially um, that we're like CS Lewis says, we're made for more than, than this life. And so we're mm-hmm. constantly pursuing something here that we can't find in totality here. Mm-hmm. We're only going to experience that if you believe in in what the Bible says about you know eternity and what we're made to do and be. Um, we're broken here on earth, and we're mm-hmm. we're experiencing bits and pieces of heaven and hell, but we're never really going to reach that full experience until heaven. Right, and we're constantly having to remind ourselves of that. So it's, yeah. it's, it's interesting. Like, I think, I think we have a lot to learn from, from Christmas. I, you know, obviously we have a lot to celebrate in family and friends. Um, but I, I do want to mention something. I saw on Target yesterday a card. And I want to talk to those of you who are listening to this or watching this and feel like you 
are left out and you are ignored and you you really don't have all of that much to celebrate. You're missing someone who passed away or there's a broken relationship or there's abuse um, or things are just a mess. The card I saw on Target was really neat. It, it was a card directed at you. It was a card directed mm-hmm. at those of you who lost a parent this year or a sibling this year or a, or a child this year um, yeah. or a friend this year or your marriage is, you know, in havoc. Um, you lost your job. It's like Christmas is a time that is tough for you because you're looking around at everyone else that's saying, wow, what an amazing time of year. I have so much to be happy about. And you're there sitting, am I the only one? And this card was saying, you're not. And it's okay Mm. to be in a place where you just don't feel like celebrating Christmas the way everyone else does. I want to speak to you and say, um, I understand what that feels like. I've been there in the not so distant past. And I'm going to give you the encouragement to say that this year for me is an improvement upon last year. And last year was an improvement upon the previous year. So if you're in a place that's that's tough and difficult and gloomy and, and just um, sad, you know, just be encouraged knowing that it, it can get better. And for those of you mm-hmm. that are experiencing the full benefit of, of life that seems to be intact and working well, guard yourself against the idea that it will always be that way because mm-hmm. life is full of, of difficulty and pain. And if you're in a good spot, help out those around you who are struggling. And if you're struggling, yeah. try to reach out. I know it's hard. It's not my human nature <laughs> either. Uh, but try to reach out to someone. Reach out to us. And say, hey, Holy Ghost Oats, I don't know you guys. I listen to you every now and then. I need some help, you know, not just financially, but in any aspect. And we'll do our best to try to be there and celebrate you. But more than anything, no, it's it's okay, as they say, to not be okay. really is, especially Mm -hmm. um, and notably at this time of year when it seems like you have to be in a good place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so true. I don't know why we as humans have created this stigma where it's not okay to not be okay. Right. Like, why is it just expected that you're going to get your shit together right. after this traumatic thing and be okay for the sake of something as little very as true. Christmas? That's, <laughs> like an event. That's very true. It's like... <laughs> like, don't ruin this for me. Yeah. It's like, it's so petty. It's so petty, yeah. you know? Um, I wasn't going to go here, but um, a couple weeks ago, there was a, there was a house fire in, in uh, Somerville, New Jersey, which is about 10, 15 minutes from my house. It's where my church is located and, and my work office is located and where I frequent. Um, and... Uh, an eight-year-old girl didn't make it out alive. And turns out they were members of our church and um, family members of longtime friends of mine as well. Um, So this really hit close to home. Um, And it's just had me questioning a lot of things, you know? It's had me wondering, how is this possible? How does this happen, you know? Um, You know, and sometimes there's not a reason (laughs) <laughs> for these things they just 
they happen. Um, and you don't have to understand them. You don't have to be okay with it. You can be mad about it. You can be um, confused about it. Yeah. Um, you don't have to hold it together. <laughs> like, and this is something I've been realizing because our culture is uh, it. It almost forces us to just be okay right with it and sometimes you're just not okay and you're not going to be okay Mm -hmm. because there's nothing okay with what happened right there's nothing okay about an eight-year-old girl dying in a fire right (laughs) there's nothing okay about that right uh it doesn't matter what happened or what led to that happening it's not okay and um so my thoughts and my heart is is really with um this poor family who is experiencing this right now and who just like you like like you said like they're probably not feeling like they want to celebrate christmas mm-hmm. and i am not going to expect them to just hold it all together so that it doesn't ruin christmas right. for me <laughs> or the people around them because yeah. that is not okay right <laughs> <laughs> that is not how we should be acting um i think that this is a time of year to surround the hurting, to surround the broken, mm-hmm. and um, to validate their pain. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, everyone is going through something, you know, at varying degrees, <laughs> right? Um, but now is not a time to just, uh, you know, you talked about Christmas cheer and, and about, you know, being... Uh, you know, thankful for what you have. Those things are important, sure. Mm-hmm. But surround those that are hurting. Mm-hmm. This year, more than any other year of my life, I've experienced loss. And I don't even feel deserving of being able to say that because it's not, I haven't experienced loss directly, right. necessarily. You know, friends, of course, family, friends. Um, but I think it's very important to surround those people who have experienced loss directly, who are who are in pain, uh, even indirectly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just, you know, we need to be there. We need to be like, like you know, the Bible talks about, uh, you know, Christians specifically as, as a body, you know. And when, like for me, if, if something is hurting me, if my hand is hurting or my foot is hurting or my head is hurting, the rest of my body suffers with it. Right you know, that is just a natural thing. So why is it so natural, quote unquote, in this culture to ignore the the suffering, mm-hmm. to look away? Is it because we don't want to experience it ourselves? Is it because we don't want to recognize it? I, I don't know. <laughs> but mm-hmm. like, you know, when I think about what Christmas is about, or at least what... um you know the the um, the Christian culture has turned Christmas <laughs> into. When I think about it, it's about you know Jesus coming to to Earth uh, to save the world. He was born to die mm-hmm. for our sins. He was born to uh, not to necessarily remove suffering, but to to come and to give us a, a future, to give us a hope. Mm-hmm. And as as a body, as as people. 
I think that we can meet that need by surrounding those people in pain, you know, recognizing the suffering and trying to do the same thing that Jesus did, which is bring hope. Mm-hmm. We're not we're not able to remove that suffering. I'm not able to bring that eight-year-old girl back, mm-hmm. but I can certainly love you and recognize your pain and be in this with you because I'm part of this, I'm part of this body, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, I don't know if this is where we wanted to take this, <laughs> but I think it's important because it Absolutely. does seem like it's a theme. People are suffering, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's a number of members, even within our, our, uh, Holy Ghostness community, the inner circle who are suffering right now, Yeah, you know, and for me to just say like, I don't want to think about that today. Like, seems so selfish yeah. <laughs> you know it's like Absolutely. you know uh, it's it's uh, yeah i don't know i i um we'll close with this and then we'll jump into our drum topic i <laughs> i do this funny thing i realized uh, over the last 3 weeks or so i was telling annie about it <laughs> I'll, uh, when i'm watching a movie like gladiator or american sniper and there's a there's this idea of someone going into combat and laying their life down for the sake of other people. <laughs> mm-hmm. I Sometimes I do it in my head. Actually, yeah. So, yeah, sometimes it's just mental. Like if you were a fly on the wall in my living room, you wouldn't actually see me physically do this. But let's mm-hmm. say, you know, Chris Kyle and American Sniper is going in and, um, well, no, this is a perfect example. At the end of American Sniper, um pause this and fast forward if you haven't seen it and don't know the true story. Okay. Chris Kyle <laughs> um, survives combat, survives all these missions, um, and has a heart to help out vets who are struggling with PTSD. Takes a guy mm-hmm. out to the gun range, gets shot in the back, and dies. And mm-hmm. when that happens, the movie ends, effectively, and there's real footage of him, his body, his casket being transported down a Texas highway and lining the side of the highway are people celebrating his life on the overpasses. Like even people coming out onto the highway, there's a guy in a, a wheelchair, there's a vet who, who lost a leg or maybe a couple limbs and he's out there and he's saluting, you know, he's saluting Chris Kyle. And I do this thing mentally when I see something like that where I, I furrow my brow, <laughs> I I close my lips, and I just sort of nod, like hmm. as to say, thank you, well done, I salute you. I've done this without knowing about it for a long time, and it finally dawned on me that I do it. And I was thinking hmm. as I was telling my girlfriend about this, what, you know, why do I do that when I see someone laying down their life for the sake of other people? And I think it it speaks to something internally that's been programmed into our DNA. We all know as Christians that Jesus came to do the unthinkable. We all know that he came to lay his life down so that we can have ours. And that, that sacrifice is like interwoven into our DNA. And when we see any sense of it show up, in the world around us, specifically in movies, that's that's when it seems to happen to me, um, especially if it's a true story, like it is an American Sniper. It reminds us of something we know is true, 
Mm. We believe it's true on one hand in the Bible. We believe that Jesus came and he died and he rose again. As Christians, that's central to what we believe. But when we see it show up in life, in the lives of other people, it reminds us of that truth in a way that hmm. hits home to me personally. And so I, I do this, this thing mentally where I sort of nod my head and I, you know, mentally salute them. And I, I think that in Matthew, Matthew 25, 21, I think that um, we see this same sort of salute, but it's not coming from us and directed at someone who laid down their life. It's coming from Jesus and it's directed at us. When he mm-hmm. says, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. Those are the two words, well done, that I would sum up the yeah. action behind why I'm doing that when I watch a movie like that. And right. so I want to direct that same salute at those of you who are fighting that hard fight this Christmas. Mm. Well done. Hang in there. It's 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 all for something. It's not all for nothing. Everything right. matters. Everything matters. And try to maintain that sense of someone is saluting you. Someone is looking at your life and what you're doing in facing challenges and difficulty and pain and suffering. And they're saying, well done. Hang in there. Mm-hmm. That's how I'd like to wrap that up. And I think that we can... Um, transition from that. But I want to reiterate again, if you're going through something, especially this Christmas season, reach out to us. We're here for you. And we want yeah. to hear from you. That's yeah. an open invitation. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. And Merry Christmas. I know that was heavy. Merry Christmas. <laughs> but we hope that you are having a, a wonderful uh, Christmas um, and that uh, that you are able to find happiness and and enjoy the day. Absolutely. That's, we at Holy that, Ghost that Notes like to, you know, bring it home. So this <laughs> uh, this episode would be a mess if it didn't include a portion like that. And I mean that. I wouldn't be doing That's this true. podcast if it was all jingle bells all the time. That's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can watch the Santa Claus movies for that. Yeah, you there want. you go. <laughs> Turn off the episode and watch those movies. That's exactly right. <laughs> okay. Drum topic. Anticipation. Yeah. So there is headed into 2022. There's a sense of anticipation here. We're going into a new year. Now, mm-hmm. my my leadoff point here and my pile of prepara- my pile of preparation POP is there are drummers much younger than you. There are drummers much younger than me who are just starting to play drums right now. Think about that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right now, and we are focused on how do we maintain. What we've done. Some kids that are going to be opening up their drum sets on Christmas Christmas morning today. That's exactly right. Today. Right. (laughs) (laughs) When this episode is released. Just starting to play. Yeah. So that is the the crux. That is the foundation for the drum topic today. There are people that are going to just start playing drums today. Now, there Mm -hmm. are those of you who are just trying to maintain your drumming. There are those of you who are trying to get back to where you were. There are those of you who are making huge leaps of progress in your drumming. For me, that happened between the age of um, 15 and 22. I was just talking to Adam Gray about this. 15 to 22, I practiced two hours. I got two times better. Now I practice two hours and I just maintain what I have. (laughs) It's a completely Mm -hmm. different (laughs) (laughs) ballgame. No matter where you're at, 
I want you to remember that there are those opening up a drum set for Christmas today. The reason that that's important is that kid opening up a, you know, that kind of gift. They've never played drums before. Think about the level of anticipation they have to play it. Mm-hmm. Now, if we can pull from that well just a little bit, it's going to launch our 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 desire and our passion and our work ethic to play drums again. Mm-hmm. We have to remember what that was like. We can talk as much as we want about technique and theory and practice routines and gear and rudiments and styles of drumming. All of it is a waste of time if we don't have this idea of anticipation, this sense of, oh my gosh, I love that I get to play drums. I have a drum set. I have a practice pad. I have a pair of sticks I can, you know, I can use to, to, to play, to make music. That's so awesome. And yet mm-hmm. when I say that, some of you go, oh, geez, you know, like, yeah, okay, who cares? But think about that kid opening a drum set today for the first time. Mm-hmm. That's so true. We talked about recently just like the, I, I forget what brought on the conversation. I don't know if there's things that inspire us to play drums. Um, and for me, it was just like just having a hi-hat when I was a kid, right. like I just wanted a hi-hat, like two cymbals that go up and down, you yeah. know? Uh, and that was it for me that, you know, that that got it for me. I, I think like, sorry, my phone's like going off. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I I think back to to being that, that kid and it just makes me smile, you know? And there have been a couple of years where I've either gotten a, a drum, I got a drum set for my birthday one year and I got a drum set for... Uh, for Christmas one year and there is just nothing like it. Mm-mm. And yeah, as far as inspiration goes like that, that got me to play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's, it's, it is, it's so easy to, to, um, underappreciate how far you've come as a drummer, uh, or as a musician. And you know, the, the gear that you have, it gets stale. Yep. You know, I mean, man, if if I had this setup <laughs> that I have right now, I know, <laughs> I would have been like, I would have been drooling. Yeah, you non-stop. can record w- your drums, Tim. Yeah, like you can literally record right now whatever you I want. Just into walk that it, I mean, this room, uh, this room itself mm-hmm. is a dream of mine. Yeah, that the the room I'm sitting in with the gear that I have sitting here, the ability to do what I'm able to do without even thinking about it. <laughs> I mean, that would have inspired me to be on this kit every second <laughs> of every day that I was able to be, yeah. you know? Um, and, uh, and yeah, that's not the case anymore. <laughs> it gets, <laughs> it gets still. Um, but, uh, you know, I think, and I've said before, like, I think like new year's resolutions are, are kind of ridiculous in a way because really like new year, it, it represents like, you know, uh, uh, an earth cycle around the sun, right? So there is some significance, but who's to say where you start that cycle? Right. You know, like you could really make a New Year's resolution at any point in the year because, right. you know, mm-hmm. just if you're if we're seeing a year as a as a period of time, it doesn't matter when it starts. But there is that incentive because I guess there's this camaraderie of people um, making resolutions to to be better or to do better to do something to you know, check something off that list. 
Um, I think it, I think it can be beneficial and it can be important to see this time as a, as a way of like refreshing Mm -hmm. and what better thing to do, at least as a drummer than to, like you said, think about that time, uh, you know, so actually a, a big inspiration for me is actually seeing these kids right. um, who are getting drum sets or starting playing for the first time and literally surpassing my level of playing. Right. <laughs> with it, like, like some, I'll see people in three years on YouTube, yeah. like their first video sucks. Yeah. Like, all right, I got them. Like I could <laughs> drum circles around them. Yep. And then three years later, that's not the case. Because you know what? They play eight to ten hours a day. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> Every day. And you for three do years. not have that kind of time. <laughs> I, I do not have that kind of time, and I'm not going to put that on myself to be responsible for Dude, some days I don't have eight that, to ten level, minutes. But, yeah, right. Exactly. But but at the same time, like like if you can tap into what they have, it's 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 just it's motivation, you know. Mm-hmm. And what is motivating them? The love of drums. That is something that I think a lot of us uh, that are listening to this podcast, you know, including you and me, um, I think that's what a, a lot of us share is is a love for drums. Um, it's a love to to get better. It's a love for the challenge of drums. And uh, and if we can just tap into that thing, like what made us fall in love in the first place? Yep. You know, what would it be like if I opened a kit for the very first mm-hmm. time today? You know, to um, that point, Tim, I mean, yeah. you don't have to do this physically. It would take a crap load of wrapping paper, but just imagine your drum set being wrapped in Christmas paper. There's something about, mm-hmm. well, once again, the anticipation of what's inside that, you know, that present, you know, what's on the yeah. inside of the wrapping paper. When I was a kid, I used to sneak, <laughs> I used to sneak a peek at whatever, you know, gifts were under the tree. It was usually just one or two, and then I would cut myself off because I knew I was doing a bad thing. But it's like, I can't <laughs> wait to see what my mom got me. I can't, can't wait. Give yourself that same feeling by mentally mm. uh, wrapping your drum set in wrapping mm. paper and say, this is a gift to myself. This is brand new. There's something about something being new. It has a, a sense of um, just like, unknown potential and possibilities. And the longer you play, the more all of that diminishes, the law of diminishing effect kicks in. And you start to say, oh man, like I'm kind of kind of bored, kind of don't love this, kind of don't know what to do. It's like, no, wait, don't base your drumming on what you've done and what you've practiced and what you've learned. Base it on you sitting down for the first time and you pushing the reset button and saying, all right, here we go, I'm starting. I'm just right. starting. I'm just going to just... <laughs> this is my very first time playing this instrument, right? That gives you a sense mm-hmm. of excitement because you're no longer comparing yourself today to what you were yesterday or last year or five years ago. That's the thing that holds me back. It's like sometimes it's not all that fun to pick up a pair of sticks and make contact with the drum because then I face the reality of where I was. We talked about mm-hmm. this with Adam and Andrew in the last episode. Like as a professional drummer or professional anything, Sometimes it's um, it's intimidating to think about picking up whatever it is that you're known to do well and facing the mm-hmm. reality of where you're at today, especially if you've taken mm-hmm. time off like Adam Gray has or, um, or like most people have with COVID. So instead, throw away that weight or expectation, pick up a pair of sticks and just play like you just opened your drum set for the mm-hmm. first time on Christmas morning. 
that will give you the anticipation right. um, that I think we need to really love yes. this. I think that that is a healthy form of anticipation, one that will drive you to to keep playing. For sure. Yeah, so we talked a little bit in the last episode about the pressures that one might face right. uh, as a drummer. You know, for Andrew, it was being the guy with one leg, right. drummer with one leg. For, for Adam, it was returning to the kit after not being on it for so long, mm-hmm. after being such a proficient drummer. You know, for you, it's just being the the drummer mm-hmm. <laughs> the zildjian live guy who's mm-hmm. playing for this successful metal band you know there's a lot of pressure and um i think what can make or break you as a musician is is how you deal with that pressure because we're all facing some kind of pressure right to some extent you know there's something at whatever level that we're dealing with uh insecurity is probably the biggest one i think across the board is just I am not confident enough for anyone to hear me play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or another one is Very true. I don't know how to collaborate with other musicians. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to stick by myself mm-hmm. and I don't want anyone to to see what I'm doing or you know. I don't know how to um, trade whatever. fours. I, I was scared yeah. to death of that for a long time. Like I don't want to trade yeah, fours, fours with somebody else. That yeah. was <laughs> like they're gonna see me what for if who I, get I really am. Up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. Right, right. It's so true. It's it's true. It's it's intimidating. And and um, whatever that pressure is, I think what can really build you as as a musician and as a person. <laughs> this isn't just about drumming. This isn't just about being a better drummer. This is like like even biblically speaking, the Bible talks a lot about being refined through the fire. Mm-hmm. You know, um, pressure is a good thing. Uh, it doesn't feel good. Yeah. That's you know, true. But it, it shapes us. It molds us. So how you deal with that pressure is ultimately what's going to make you who you are mm-hmm. or going to make you the drummer that you are. That's a good point. Right? So um, so whatever that pressure is, I would just encourage you to face it. Mm-hmm. That should be a resolution this year. Like identify what that pressure is that's on you and face it head on. Mm. That's different because than that's what I was going, saying. That's what's going to make you. But yeah. I, but I think it, I think it plays into it because, f- yeah, f- for well, you, it all feeds back from that inspiration. You need the motivation. You need the yes. inspiration. What is it that inspires you to be better? Because there's not, if there's no motivation to get through that pressure, right? Then you know why face it? Like, right? If I don't want to be a better drummer, then why am I going to, you know, stick it through? Right. <laughs> right. right? Um, I like so you that have to idea. Be able to, though I like yeah. the idea of the the first person I think of is Tom Brady. It's like mm. Tom Brady has the world on his shoulders in football, and he thrives off of it. Obviously, mm-hmm. like, yeah. And that last game, they got they got they got their ass handed to him. I mean, first time shut out, you know, first time being shut out in fifteen years or something. Two thousand six was the last time. Like that guy has done unbelievable things in football, and when when yeah. he is losing, he is pissed. And I was thinking about it. He's not just like happy-go-lucky when he's listening. Oh, it's all right. He's like, no, this is not okay. That is a sign mm. of someone who is going to be very good at what they do. Yeah. Like, that's right. he's not okay losing. He hates losing, which is why he wins. Mm-hmm. As a drummer, there is pressure on you to perform well, and you should not enjoy um, the times that you are 
below the standard that you've set for yourself. You should constantly mm-hmm. try to uphold that standard and even raise it a bar above what other people expect. That is what's going to mm-hmm. push you. Now, That's right. I think our two perspectives are based on the fact that I know <laughs> the bar is set high <laughs> for me. So what's important yeah. for me isn't finding the bar and facing the pressure. That's going to happen. I have to do that. The struggle for me or the challenge for me is finding the is keeping the joy married to that pressure. Right. Whereas for yep. you, it's like, well, of course it's fun. I love this. I <laughs> wish I could do this full time. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the reality is inverted. It's different. Yeah, for you, right. it's like, I need the pressure. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to face it. Yeah. So I want to take it back, and this might add to the motivation piece, but I want to take it back. And um, so we're, we're talking about, uh, you know, what we're looking forward to or what we're anticipating. So on the anticipation piece, and this applies across the board, what we're actually anticipating is the reward, hmm. right? If you push through that pressure, whatever it may be, yeah, it's obviously very different even just between the two of us. What, what you're going to be rewarded with is what we're anticipating. Right. <laughs> right? That's what, that's what this is all so about. So what is your reward as a drummer? Being able to play through something drummer? and record it and put it on Instagram? That's a pretty good reward. Well, uh, so yeah, so so that's kind of that's less of a reward and more of a, um, I guess, a manifestation of the reward. The reward is actually, if if I push through that pressure, which granted, you know, for some of you might be just hitting record. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pressure. You know, if I push through the pressure, um, I am a better drummer. I can play things that I couldn't play before. Yeah, I can. Um, I I don't know. I I I have result like so. In this case, I have a result that I am ecstatic with. You know, a drum video on Instagram or a cover or a or a song that I wrote that I'm really happy with. You know, it's that's the reward for mm-hmm. me. Is is sure. You know, the the pride really. <laughs> you know, being <laughs> proud of of something. I did it. You know. Uh, exactly. It's it's put. It's being able to push through. I mean, and it, and it wouldn't be as rewarding had there not been that pressure. Like if I could just snap my fingers and it's done, and there was no experience, right? That takes the fun out of everything, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah, it's sure, valuable be easy, because it was. But difficult. there's no pride there. Exactly. It's yep. it it means something because it, it wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I think. To sum up the drum topic, I think that your goal might be different based on your experience in drumming, whatever it might be today. For me, I'm a professional drummer who's paid to play drums well, so I need to use anticipation um, to... I need to frame it as drumming is a gift, and my drum Mm -hmm. set is a gift, and I need to find the joy inside drumming. For you, it's sort of inverted in that, well, of of course it's fun. It's a drum set. Like, I wish I could play mm-hmm. all day. Instead, I have to do this other stuff that gets in the way of me and drumming. And when I get <laughs> to it, it's like, oh, all right, I need to face that pressure. For me, the pressure's there. I know I'm going to have to face it. I just need the joy to get there. For you, the joy's already there. You just need to face the pressure when you see it. And so I want to speak to mm-hmm. you directly as the listener of this. As a drummer, start by assessing what it is for you. It, it might be something outside of these two options, but whatever it is, make sure that there's this idea of you're a kid 
on Christmas morning, opening up your drum set for the very first time, you get to do this. You don't have to do this, right? Mm-hmm. You get to sit down and make music and play drums. And if you've lost the joy, like so many of my friends in the industry have, like I have so many times, this Christmas, I would recommend using the idea at Christmas as a way of introducing drums to yourself for the very first time. If you're a New Year's resolution type of person, New Year's is right around the corner. So it's it's a timely topic. Um, but I encourage you, you know, get back on the kit. Just practice. Just play. I get a lot of messages like, what kind of gear? What kind of technique? What kind of style? How'd you do that? What do I do? What do I practice? It's like nine times out of ten, my response is, dude, just sit down and play. Sit down and play. Sit down and play. Sit down, you know, sit down and play. Sit down and practice. Because that that's not just a tongue-in-cheek answer. It's actually what I did. It's like, I, I, I don't know how I developed my ankle technique, but I do know I spent three hours a night after landscaping and before bed just practicing double bass. I didn't sit there and um, say to myself, boy, I really need to develop ankle technique. It just came as a result of my time on the kit. That is mm-hmm. not a fun answer. If you're looking for an easy overnight solution or means to an end, um, which should be, as we've talked about, inspiring to you because most people are not willing to put in the work. So if you are, then you're in the one percentile of people in the gym who are willing to do what's difficult to accomplish what you want to. If you're willing Mm -hmm. to do that, then you have the edge. You've found the inefficiency. Most people are looking for an overnight answer. And um, if you're willing to put in the work, then you're going to see some progress happen. So I'm rooting for you as drummers. I love drumming. I don't always love drumming. I'm rooting for you guys and girls to love drumming fall in love with it again this christmas yeah that's right anticipate the reward it's good whatever that is for you yeah that's good tim okay that's good let's move on to our uh, faith topic we spent quite a bit of time talking about this on the front end so this will be somewhat brief um but as i um as i was mentioning i was at church on sunday and this really spoke to me this idea mm. of anticipating peace So I want to start off by reading a prayer that was written by a girl named Rebecca Barlow-Jordan. And um, we'll spin off from this and then wrap it up. Cool. Cool? Let's do it. All right. Lord, in a season when every heart should be happy and light, many of us are struggling with the heaviness of life. Burdens that steal the joy right out of our Christmas stockings. Crazy weather disasters strike in unsuspecting areas, ravaging peaceful homes and interrupting the lives of unsuspecting residents. Tragedy arrives as innocent victims suffer, and an inner voice whispers, Be afraid. We need your peace, Jesus. Lord, we still carol the wonderful messages huddled beneath winter caps on snow-covered porches or from churches led by enthusiastic musicians or choir members. Yet we confess that our hearts are too often filled with wonder of a different kind, wondering when the bills will be paid, wondering if tragedy will end. Will sickness stop? When will rest come? In a world where worry, not peace, prevails, stir up that good news again. This Christmas, make it real in our hearts. Never have we needed your joy and peace more than now. Thank you for the gift of Jesus, our Emmanuel, the Word made flesh. Forgive us for forgetting that your love never changes 
it never fades, and that you never abandoned the purpose for which you came to save us from our sinful condition and to give us life eternal, the joy of relationship with the Holy God. Your birth and your death sealed your promise to us forever. We not only need your peace and joy, Lord, we crave it. You've promised rest for the weary, victory for the battle-scarred, peace for the anxious, and acceptance for the brokenhearted, not just at Christmas, but every day of the year. Your name is still called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Hmm. That was great. Yeah. And actually, I, I was just thinking about our initial conversation the whole time I was hearing that. Right. You know, uh, I love that. I love how many names the Lord has, Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> and just because like, it's everything. I know it covers, it covers the full gambit, the right. full spectrum. <laughs> you know, it's like, you need this. God's got, got it. That. <laughs> you need this. God's, God's got, got that it. too. <laughs> I know. I know. Specifically just thinking about like the Prince of Peace, you know, like yeah. how powerful is that? You know, we've talked about before, like the peace that surpasses understanding. It's, you know, we live in a, you know, it's an upside down kingdom. It's yep. contrary to the ways of the world. And, and so living in the world, but not of it is simply accepting that things work differently in God's kingdom. Mm. And understanding how that applies to our this physical realm, you know, it's 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 realizing, okay, an eight year old girl just died in a fire. It's not fair, mm-hmm. but there's a peace mm-hmm. that sur- surpasses understanding. It doesn't make sense that I feel at peace. It doesn't make sense that 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 I can be okay yeah. in this instance. Amen. Because it's upside down. Yep. It doesn't make sense. And we just have to accept that it doesn't make sense yeah. <laughs> and that God is the Prince of Peace and he is the only thing that is going to bring comfort and joy in a season that's all about comfort and joy. <laughs> we just <laughs> you know? uh, we just got an email two weeks ago. We'll keep his name anonymous, but we got an email from yeah, a listener yep. who um, actually Harrowing met... Harrowing email, I should say. Yeah. Man. Yeah, no kidding. I just met him not all that long ago at Drums Etc., which is a local drum shop. Uh, I probably met him for the first time. Well, I, I don't even want to say. It really doesn't matter. But we got an email, and he, he was just laying out um, the prognosis that he got, the timeline for how long the doctor suspects that he will live. Um, mm-hmm. And the tonality of his email was astonishing, so much so that I said, I, I, yeah, I sent a reply and I just said, let's, let's talk. Like, I, I want to call you. I want to talk. Mm-hmm. I want to hear about how you are able to face this kind of doom and gloom with joy. Not, not, yeah. not, um, happiness. Of course not, but joy. Yeah. It was this, yeah. it was this perspective that he had that was coded in his assuredness of God still being in control. Right. It it was it was crazy to me. And and so I got the chance to talk to him over the weekend. I gave him a call and it, it was even more shocking on the phone just hearing him. You hear him struggle to get words out. He's he's struggling yeah. because effectively if the doctors are right, he is on his deathbed. Uh-huh. In fact, the bedside manner 
of the doctors is so horrendous. The doctor said, you'll be lucky. I can't imagine you actually getting to six months, three to six months, but I, I really don't see six months being in the, you know, in the cards. He was told that. Yeah. And, and he told me that the reaction he's getting from people is just awe and astonishment of how he's able to respond to this kind of timeline. And I mm-hmm. asked him on the phone, how do you do it? I mean, of course, I know you believe in Jesus. Of course, I know that you believe that you're going to be with him in heaven. But you're in so much pain and you're young mm-hmm. and you have kids and you're married. And he didn't he didn't really give me a direct answer, but he told me something that when he told me it brought him so much joy to talk about. And it was he wants to live until May. And I said, "Why?" And he said, "May of 2022, my high school girl graduates high school." Mm. And he said and she told me, she said, dad, of course you want to, of course you want to be around for that. You, you just want to be around to give me a hard time. And he kind of laughed a little bit, you know, and he goes, she's right. I do. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just want to, I just want to be there. I want to give my little girl a hard time. You know, mm-hmm. even he's using this idea of anticipation of, of what he can be around for, even if it's just that many months ahead. It's not, it's not. It's not a decade. It's not 20, 30, 40 years. It's just a couple months away. And that is enough for him. I think that we can all use that same sense of um, approaching life as this, this thing that we get to do. It's like, I get to live another day? Wow. Mm-hmm. How, how amazing is that? And yeah. mm-hmm. instead of living with this idea of, of a guarantee of another day, of, of course I'm going to live yeah. until I'm 80. No, no, no. This guy's world has been flipped upside down. And what he told me he's realized is that life with Jesus matters. His prayer life yeah. matters. His, his relationship with him is really the, the main thing because he has a timeline, mm-hmm. because he hasn't been given the guarantee of a long life. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, if if I could just relay to you all the the tone of his email, it was not. He wasn't looking for pity. He set it mm. up and and let us know straight up, like, listen, I am gonna die. Yeah. But the only thing he said in his email was, "Thank you for your podcast." <laughs> like he <laughs> sent us an email thanking us for the podcast yeah. because he's he's gonna die, and it was like. I read it and I was like, this, it, it, wow, I know. this is just, I had no words really. I, I didn't know what to say, what to think, what to feel because he wasn't looking for pity. Mm-mm. He wasn't looking for a response like, oh, I'm, gosh, I, I'm so sorry for what you're going through. That's not what he was looking for. He just wanted to make it clear that he enjoyed listening to our podcast and thanked us for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, that was it. You know, this guy is going to die. It was just like, and it brought that perspective yeah. to me. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah, like I don't, like I don't take, I have so much that I'm taking for granted basically mm-hmm. is what I came down to. It's like I, I, 
I have who knows how many days. I mean, I guess, and that's the other thing we got to think about is like, mm-hmm. who, who knows how many days we have, yeah. <laughs> you know? I could I could technically have less time than he has. Right, very true. And I don't know. I know. I don't know. So take every day like it's a gift because it is. Treat every day like, like it's a gift. Because it is. Uh, because it is. Prioritize the right things. Because you might not have time <laughs> to go back and do the things that you didn't prioritize. That's right. It's full Focus circle. Focus on the things that are most important. You know, it's this yeah. is a full circle to what my mom said. I mean, it's like fast yeah. forward. Yeah. Fast forward to a day and say, what is it that you want to accomplish between now and then? For her, it's Christmas Eve. That's her day. Yeah. For this guy, it's it's the timeline of how long he's going to live. Mm-hmm. Think about that. If we work backwards from the goal that we're working towards, we can determine what's really important. Mm. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. I mean, uh, this, and this unfortunately is like the third or fourth story I've heard this year of someone who fully recognizes that this is going to be their last Christmas. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and like, how how would I approach this Christmas differently if I knew it was my last? Exactly. You know, would I be concerned about all of this fluff? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> celebrating Christmas the way it should be celebrated right. or whatever. Quote like, unquote. no, I'd be focused on so many different things. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it's amazing. It's it's amazing what it does to you to talk to someone like that. We'd like to get him on the show. We're gonna we're gonna see if that's a possibility, um, and um, man, what a what an amazing amazing testimony to someone who mm-hmm. has surrendered their right to know why, surrendered yeah. their right to know um, when, even, mm-hmm. and we really appreciate this podcast for even that reason alone that that we're able to have have stories like that have testimonies like that come into us yeah (laughs) undeserving that's for sure (laughs) i mean yeah man it's crazy it's all a matter of perspective right it is it is. So um, I want to end that this way. I want to um, I want to end with a prayer, um, our prayer. Uh, Rebecca Barlow Jordan had had a really amazing prayer to set up anticipation, and I think I'd like to end with with our prayer to sum up uh, the year to bring a close to this. So um, I'll start, Tim. You can end, and if you're listening to this, you can join in. And um, yeah, if it's not if it's not something that you're comfortable with. First off, before you shut this off, thanks for listening. We appreciate you. Yeah. You know, regardless and of Merry where Christmas. you're at and um, you know where you're headed, we're just happy to have you here. And uh, we hope you have an awesome and very merry Christmas. Yes, that's right. All right, let's pray. Let's do it. Jesus, we're amazed at this life that you've given us. It's hard to believe that you came to die for us. And God, I pray that this Christmas season we would have a deeper understanding 
of the kind of love that would drive someone to lay down their life for someone else. That we would give this mental nod, this well done, this salute to you with our hearts, with our lives, with our actions this year. That it would change us. True change comes as a result of true love. We know that you gave that on the cross, God. We can't believe it, and yet we know that it's true. It shows up in movies, and it reminds us that something deeper, something bigger is happening. It, it, it resounds with a part of us that we, we, we have a hard time comprehending, and yet it, it's true. It's, it's so unbelievably hard to believe, and yet we know deep down that it's 100% true. God, thank you for what you've done for us. Thank you for those that are hurting and broken this Christmas season. I pray that you would be with them. Be their Prince of Peace. Be their wonderful. Be their friend. And for those that are thriving in life, God, I pray that you would enable a new sense of generosity, that they would be able to reach out and help those around them. Yeah. And yeah, we just thank you for the privilege that it is to to say these things into microphones for everyone to hear. Mm -hmm. Uh, Something that we often take for granted, but thank you for yet another year of being able to do this, being able to have the tough conversations and explore uh, life and explore love. And just thank you for the opportunity to do this. Mm Mm-hmm. Our days, all of our days are numbered, and I just thank you for every single one of these days that we are blessed with. Mm-hmm. Help us to help us not to take for granted what we have. Help us to uh, prioritize the right things. Help us to prioritize you. Mm-hmm. Help us to uh, have a perspective that enables us to grow and and make the most of this fleeting life that you've given us. Mm-hmm. And, and thank you just for the, for the insurmountable blessings that you've poured over us mm-hmm. each and every day. Uh, and I just thank you for, for everyone who is listening to this podcast. I thank you for um, just all of the support that we've received, even from people on their deathbed (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I just uh, I thank you you're good you're good to us you're good to all of us listening Mm -hmm. and uh, I just pray that we can keep you at the forefront of our minds during this this day this Christmas day and this season Mm -hmm. and uh, just pray your blessing over the next year of uh, 2022 Mm -hmm. Jesus name Amen. Amen. So I have a lighthearted way to end this off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's Christmas mm-hmm. and because we're finishing out the year. Um, what's your favorite Christmas song, Matt? Oh, yeah. I got, I'm all ready for this question. I knew it was coming. Favorite Christmas song. I, I prepped you a little bit. Is the Christmas song. 
I had to Google what it was song. called because I just know chestnuts roasting chestnuts. on an open fire. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite Christmas carol is Oh Holy Night. Okay. What about you? Very cool. So I'm actually 100% with you on my favorite Christmas song. Really? The Christmas song is my favorite Christmas Ooh. song. Uh, classic. It's classic. Your favorite um, Christmas carol is Hark the Herald, isn't it? <laughs> no, I hate this song. <laughs> Actually, I, it's not that bad. There's there's some Christmas carols that I absolutely despise. So this might not come as a surprise. I don't know if, I guess it would be more of a carol than a Christmas song. I don't really know. There's a, So it's it's a Reliant K song, an original Reliant K song called I Celebrate the Day. Hmm. And it... Um, it's kind of the epitome of Christmas for me and, cool. and my faith. I want to hear and, it. And so I don't know if that's really a Christmas carol, but it it uh, it works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like uh, What it. Child Is This a lot too. Uh-huh. That's a good one. Um, mostly because it's just in the minor key. Right. I like the minor key uh, Christmas songs. Mm-hmm. A little bit more musically interesting to me. Right. But, Very good. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. So just I want to give a quick shout out um, to our Inner Circle community. Um, If you're interested in finding out more, it's patreon.com slash holyghostnotes. It's how we keep doing uh, these episodes. Uh, We don't do advertising or we don't uh, have advertisements on this podcast. So the only way we uh, can support this thing is through the the generous uh, people within our incredible community. And um, Mm -hmm. just to boast a little bit about them... um, Every every year for the past uh, two three years, we've been um, supporting uh, struggling families and and basically purchasing Christmas presents for them. Um, so uh, a portion of what we earned uh, this season uh, went towards purchasing gifts for five uh, families uh, and providing some Christmas gifts for them. Um, so I just think it's it's so cool that um, I mean the the goal for this podcast has always been bigger. Than mm-hmm. us, it's more than just us getting to say what we we feel we need to say. It's it's you know it's bigger than than Matt and, and bigger than me. And uh, so this community is is a great example of this podcast being bigger. But then even beyond that, you know, being able to support some of these great causes and and charities, and then doing things like this around Christmas time is just. Um, it's very, very fulfilling to me, and mm-hmm. I just take a lot of pride in this community who uh, cares about this as, as much as we do. So yeah. So thank you to the Inner Circle community for your generosity and for your continued support. It's been uh, two years now, right? Mm-hmm. We've had we've had a uh, we've had this Patreon uh, community since January of 2020. So mm-hmm. um, we're entering into to two years of, of having this community together and they're just the best group of people. So if you want to find out more, check it out, patreon.com slash holyghostnotes. Um, and if not, no worries. Uh, we love uh, having you listening to this podcast and um, we just, yeah, thank you for uh, continuing to listen. Mm-hmm. We're coming Absolutely. We're coming up on our three-year anniversary in, in March. I know. So um, it's, uh, it's been a, been a wild ride. And I'm excited to enter in this new year. So thank you for another great, uh, great year. Yep. Merry Christmas, everyone. Hope it's a great day. Merry Christmas. Great week. Yep. Tim, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas, Matt. And have a uh, great new year, everybody. We'll see you uh, in Jan.
You know what time it is. Yep. Peace. Peace.